You have arrived in Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Population 8,749, give or take. This is my hometown, the most interesting place on earth. Hi, my name is Allison Page. I'm a writer, and it's been 15 years since I've lived anywhere without the option to have toilet paper, pad thai, and a MacBook Pro lovingly stacked on top of each other and delivered to me in an hour or less. But now I'm going back up north and I'm taking you with me to the land of blizzards and blizzards. So both the weather event and the dessert they insist on flipping upside down in the drive-thru so your ice cream is briefly exposed to the elements, which is how you know it's good. Each episode will focus on a theme to get you acquainted with life in a small town 90 minutes from the Canadian border. So pull on your favorite long underwear and polish up your best hot dish spoon because you're in this small town. Welcome to episode one, Love in the Tundra. How does one find love in this small town exactly? My first boyfriend when I was 14 was a boy I had never met and only spoke to maybe three times in total once we did meet. I still remember the day a friend called me up and said, you wanna go out with Kyle? And I said, yeah, which one is he? And then that was my boyfriend. It was a relationship of deep romance in that we held hands once and I watched him climb a plastic rock wall at the county fair. We stumbled upon my parents near the 4-H food stand and I ripped my hand away like Kyle was made of radioactive waste. And maybe he was. How could I know? I just met him that afternoon. He dumped me a few days later. I think that was also through a proxy. Our chemistry was too combustible for us to correspond without go-betweens. It wasn't worth the risk. Shakespeare wishes he could write a tragedy as profound as the tale of Allison and Kyle. It wouldn't have worked out with Kyle anyway, because even in my youth, I always longed for the bad boy. My first kiss, also when I was 14, was with a boy I met while camping. He had just finished smoking 100 cigarettes and had first tried to kiss my friend. When she didn't reciprocate, he settled for me. Ah, young love. This trend of fascinating romantic choices continued into my adulthood no matter where I lived and included a convicted arsonist, at least one drug dealer, and two different improv comedians. So I was comforted to hear that I had not been the first girl from Thief River Falls to stray from the righteous path of marrying a mild-mannered farmer. Not by a long shot. My name is Donna Meyer. Donna is a historian who knows everything there is to know about Thief River Falls. Do you think anybody knows more about Thief River than you do? No. Including about the Labrie family, one of the most prominent families in town in the late 1800s. The second daughter was Matilda Alice Labrie. Born in 1874, by the time Tilly was in her late teens, she had opened a dressmaking shop in Thief River Falls. This, I suspect, is the closest we'll get to a Nepo baby. She's basically Bella Hadid. And she worked at dressmaking for a year or so. And she apparently met this guy. Uh-oh. Who worked for the railroad. Uh-oh. Who had a wife and five children that were living in Thief River. Uh-oh. And she and this guy ran off together. 
not great to run off with a married man who is abandoning his own children. On the other hand, I hear you. The pickings are often slim, and you probably thought you could change him. I can't relate to that at all. He was blacklisted from working in the railroads all over the country. They went south first and went to, I think, someplace in Texas for a while, where he tried to get a job, and he had been blacklisted because he had abandoned his wife and children. Donna believes that railroads potentially had lists of unhirable railroad workers they refused to give jobs to if they'd done something unappealing like, oh, I don't know, abandoning your whole family, and that they shared those lists with other railroads. Eventually, they ended up in San Francisco. And one evening, he took her to the theater. Okay, as a former San Francisco theater person, I was thrilled to hear this part. And during intermission, he left to go get some food or whatever and never came back. What? He abandoned her in the theater. He abandoned her in the theater? Oh, yes. Wow. And so here's poor... So he abandoned not only his wife and five five children... Oh, yes. But then also abandoned the woman that he ran away with. Yes. He ghosted Tilly. This guy was way ahead of his time. In case you were wondering how we can possibly know about all these details... This story is about to take an enormously small town turn. She was writing letters to a couple of her girlfriends back in the Thief River telling them about their problems and their prog- lack of progress And as they were traveling across the country during this time. And these women were bringing this into the newspaper, and it was being reported in the paper. Wow. Each time that somebody got a letter from Tilly and, well, Tilly Labrie and her paramour, were in Denver, and they were doing this and this, and blah, blah, blah. Well, it, it was quite well known. Everybody knew. So that was making the Thief River paper? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've found it. I found Can you imagine your friends taking a printout of your group chat and dropping it off at the local paper? Sure, that guy abandoning his whole family is bad, but handing over the group chat? Immediate prison time, in my opinion. Walk the plank. Bury them in cement. This Whatever. is... Yeah treason. So she was now abandoned in San Francisco. Fortunately for her, according to the paper, she had just enough money in her reticule, which is like a little pull string purse, that she was able to get on the train and go to Wisconsin to stay with her older sister. Do we really believe that she had money in her purse? Or do you think do we think, that there's at least a chance that she worked her way across the country. Oh! Wow. This is speculation, of course, on my part. Tilly, who isn't even close to giving up on love, then starts going by Alice. She bops around a bit before coming back to northern Minnesota, meeting the mustachioed mayor of Crookston, Nat Campbell, and marrying him, becoming Alice Campbell. And the word got around. And I can tell you that the respectable women in Thief River Falls were not amused. (laughs) Well, not much has changed about that. And the stories in the paper about that, how they were boycotting things and calling this couple evil and so forth. They had two children, 
One of those children sadly died as a teenager. Then Alice, Nat, and their other child, a daughter, moved to Portland, Oregon, where Alice opened a boarding house for the ill. Having finally settled into married life in a new town, she left her scandalous past behind her. Wow, she sounds very fascinating. She lived quite a life. Yes, well, and I think that she kind of redeemed herself. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's no reason to think that she was running around or anything after she was married. She was, she wanted to be a respectable married woman and presumably was. Do you know anything about what happened to that guy who left her at the theater in San Francisco? Not a clue. I'm curious how many other people he left in his wake. Thief River Falls vocab lesson. Oofda, as in oofda. Maynard stole all the rhubarb again and cost me a guaranteed blue ribbon at the Pennington County Fair. Oofda, spelled U-F-F-D-A. Whether there's a space or a hyphen or it's all one word is up to personal taste. Me, I like it all squished together like a cookie salad. According to Wikipedia, the world's most reliable news source this side of your Aunt Helga's house, Ufta may be used in Norwegian as a response when hearing something lamentable, but not too serious, and can be translated as, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Ufta is a marker of Scandinavian heritage, predominantly heard in the Upper Midwest, which has a significant population with Scandinavian roots. Or, if you're from my hometown, roots. Its variety of meanings let it substitute for common obscenities. Within Scandinavian American culture, ufta frequently means, I am overwhelmed, something that no real Scandinavian American would ever admit to because that's just too vulnerable. My mother regularly finds a way to use ufta three times in a single sentence. While we learned that Tilly Labrie apparently just kept running away from home in different directions when her relationship unceremoniously ended, sometimes the opposite happens. Sometimes, when love fails you, you pick yourself up, grab a giant caribou coffee, and lick your wounds, surrounded by your family. Hi, my name is Beth. Hello, my name is Whitney. We're both divorced single moms, and so it's just so nice to have someone that's the same and understands what you've been through and everything, so... I asked if they would consider themselves best friends, and they said... (sighs) Yeah. Lucky bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Beth grew up in Thief River Falls and moved back after first moving away, getting married, having two children, and ultimately getting a divorce. Whitney, not originally from Thief River Falls, also found herself newly divorced and moved there with her own child. At the time of recording, Beth had been back for three months and Whitney had been there for four years. I should say now, this is going to be the interview with the highest concentration of giggling and creaking office chairs. Oh my god. You stop it. After the end of their marriages, Beth and Whitney found themselves suddenly wading through the Thief River Falls dating pool. Kind of a small pool. Really more of a splash park or a busted water fountain that's shooting water out the side. And things have been... Interesting. For instance, the nightlife. One night, Beth had a friend in town and wanted to show her around the beautiful place she was once again calling home. We went, actually, we had the pleasure and the honor of going to the Rusty Nail um, for some drinks. 
And I really like that. I really like to kind of like just watch everything with respect. I, I love it. I'm, mm-hmm. it's, it brings me joy to see what's happening. But anyway, um, somehow at the end of the night, we were chilling. We were just standing um, like you do. And then someone came up to us and was like, hey. And I was like, probably like, what did I say? Hi, maybe? Yeah, or just like, what? what? And then it was a man. So I was like, probably getting hit on, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then all of a sudden I feel um, I, an arm across my chest like this here. Mm-hmm. Just to clear up a bit of choreography here, because I know how frustrating it is to try to work out which body parts are doing what, I do occasionally read romance novels after all, the move Beth is showing and describing right now is like someone extending their arm completely and using it to push someone else back in order to get to something beyond them. Cross my chest like this here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes, not, not you. you. <laughs> okay. Mind you, I'm the feisty one out of the friends. And I was kind of startled um, to be having an arm on my chest like this here. Um, and also kind of confused because I was like, what? <laughs> Not me, what? You came over to me. Mind you, Beth is my elder. Just want everybody to know yeah, that. Yeah, you better. Um, it, but <laughs> you're like, mom. <laughs> This man touched me and said, not you. And I'm like, oh my, who? <laughs> who? So was there someone behind you that he was talking to? Oh, my friend. That's what I was going to say. That, so my other mm-hmm. friend was visiting. I had invited her to come visit uh-huh. um, to experience the town uh-huh. and see the place I grew up and that I love and rave so much about. Uh-huh. Um, and so actually he was trying to talk to her. Um, I just told on, obviously I went and told on to Whitney. I was like, yo, he just touched me like this. And he said, not you. And then I think you and my friend Liz were like, no, we don't do that. This is 2023, sir. Then you went up and you were like, I'm sorry, what? And then what happened? This man turned around. Respectfully and said with love. I'm Respectfully, we're nice. We are nice girls. I'm not safe. But you're right. I'm- there's nothing I love more than someone starting with respectfully because you know it's about to be devastating. He, he turned around and had one fucking front tooth. <laughs> and I being legally I can laugh at this because I have a husband with a chipped front tooth. Those are the rules. Sorry. Anyway, that's not what makes this guy a jerk, but several other things do. And I said you said not you to my friend and you don't have a front tooth i am so sorry for you and i it, he tried to fight me at the end of the night and yes, the bouncer yes. the bouncer had him and was like no 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 Did like holding not you he, he was coming he was gonna come at you yes he was trying to like literally rush at me and the guy was like doing what he did to Beth. Like, Arm across us and he's like, no. And I'm like, come at me, bro. And Beth's like, no, let's go outside. We go. So what did your friend think of all this? Watching the two of you horrified. Mm, yeah. Yes. Um, I don't I don't think that was necessarily the move to gain her uh, any, you know, yeah. it was kind of weird. She didn't move here the next day? I don't no. think she's gonna come back. No, she will. <laughs> And when it comes to dating apps, Whitney has a pretty strong opinion. I will not do dating apps because I meet pieces of shit without a dating app, but <laughs> literally, hello, that's why I'm single. 
but it hasn't been all bad. Beth reconnected with someone she remembered from years before, back when he had really sick frosted tips, and I was like, oh my god. Hi. Sorry, so this was this year? No. <laughs> this 20 years ago. Okay, great. Keep up. Actually, the dates were pretty good. Mm. Um, probably because I planned them, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, probably some nature. Um, okay. Let's go find some trails. There are really good trails here. Yeah. Pretty trails. There's cool stuff. Mushrooms and plants. Mm. There's milkweed, so we looked for that. Mm -hmm. We hit up some local restaurants, got some pretty good food. But this person virtually doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm sorry, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I had to... I wouldn't find this person had I not had their location and went and found them. I see. Yeah, they don't exist. Okay. Like They're, nobody knows who he is at all. Like a drifter? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a month and a half and I'm still not completely sure what they meant by this, but my best guess is that he doesn't have social media. Yeah, and then it just didn't happen. Didn't work out. It did work out. It's been... It did work out. Wait, so you are you together now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh, no. you, I don't think that conversation has happened yet. I sometimes forget, as someone who has been with the same person for 11 years, that people can be hesitant to have the commitment conversation or aren't interested in a monogamous relationship to begin with. Not that anyone should take my relationship advice. I was engaged three times and called off two weddings, one of them only six weeks out from the big day, before I actually walked down the aisle in 2018. Never take relationship advice from someone who has purchased four total wedding dresses. I tried to repurpose a short wedding dress I bought for an abandoned wedding as a costume piece in a play in which I was performing. And when I put it on, the costumer made a face like someone had hit her and said, wow, that is really unflattering. So you should also not take my fashion advice while we're at it. Whitney may not be quite as close as Beth to a not quite relationship relationship, but she certainly hasn't given up completely. Is there anyone that you have seen lately that I... Maybe. You don't have to tell me who it is. Yes. It's me. <laughs> yes. They were actually just over today. Beth is like ifsies on that one too. But it's okay. No, I'm plus signs now. In the oh, green. after today, she's better. In the oh, green. okay. In the green. Yeah. Oh, so there's some potential. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Here's my idea for a top-tier summer Thief River Falls date. First, you meet up at the Pennington County Fair. Get a lemonade with half a lemon floating in it from the lemonade stand that's shaped like a lemon. You'll have to get there early. If you try it after 6 p.m., you'll die of thirst before the line dissipates. It is very popular. Wander around looking at all the 4-H exhibits and call out which ones you think deserve the Grand Champion ribbon. Did you know there's a table-setting category? Ditch your empty lemonade cups and head to the livestock barns. Again, try to go early when maybe there's less poop. I don't know, I guess they probably all poop at different times. Who can say? Then laugh at the floppy ears on the bunnies and do impressions of any sounds the chickens make or make fun of the weird names people give their animals. I once met a big pink pig named Karen. It's time for bingo! Grab the lucky dauber you keep in your car. 
You do keep a lucky dauber on you, right? You need to be taking this seriously if you want to find love. And do your damnedest to get the postage stamp. That being said, it's always nice to let your date win. You may be able to achieve a moment of public restrained intimacy as you delicately place your hand on theirs, guiding their dauber to the center square to mark the free space together. Close it out with some Ufta Taco Nachos and take your seat for the bull ride, carefully avoiding seats near former co-workers who, frankly, know too much. As the sun goes down and the hair metal cover band called something like Poison Snake Twisted Sister's Cousin takes the stage, lean in for that fateful kiss. And now it's time to plan the wedding! Perhaps you've been wondering whether I'm even aware of any successful relationships, given everything I've told you in the last 20-ish minutes. In fact, I grew up surrounded by long marriages. My parents just celebrated their 47th anniversary. My maternal grandparents were married for 59 years, and my paternal grandparents were married for an unbelievable 71 years. I think sometimes about the things they must have seen together in those seven decades. Did they go through the same kinds of patterns long-term relationships go through now? Someone's off caffeine for a while or tries and fails to start a variety of routines? I've decided I'm going to run three miles every morning or I'm going to get really into calligraphy or I think I want a new nickname. What about Corky? Do I seem like a Corky to you? And six months later, you suddenly remember that you bought all those books about hat making and then found out you actually need a lot of tools for that, and making hats is kind of hard. So you just bought a hat instead, and then later you realize you really don't have a face for hats. So you hang it in the closet, forever. There are a lot of hats you can decide not to make or wear in 71 years. They raised six kids together and, I assume, were a thousand different versions of themselves over time. One day, they came home with a different haircut or a new brand of underwear or bold frames for their glasses, looking at each other, saying, how about this? What if I'm this person now, a slightly different me? Is that okay, given that you've known me for 40 years and, as it turns out, will know me for another 31 more? And the other person, even if they didn't like the glasses, would probably say, Sure, I guess. Hey, what if I learned how to whittle? What if I became a whittler? Grandma Marilyn made it to 98, and it really wasn't until the last few years that her health declined before she passed away in 2022. She was born in a tiny town called Black Duck, which currently has a population of 825, according to a 10-second Google search. It's one of those places that's so small, you can get a bumper sticker that says, Where the hell is Black Duck? But Black Duck was just too populous for my grandparents, because they moved to Hines, which is an unincorporated area near Tenstrike. Tenstrike itself has a population of 187. How did living most of their lives in very small towns in rural Minnesota contribute to the longevity of their marriage? I have absolutely no idea. But 71 years and six kids together and neither of them tried to murder the other one as far as I know? That sounds like success to me. So we'll just take that as it comes. That's what they did. Next week on This Small Town, Allison makes contact with the ghosts of her past and then also actual ghosts. There will be Jello Salad. 
Thanks to Donna, Beth, and Whitney for talking to me for this episode. It wouldn't be the same without you. To keep up with everything happening in this small town, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at smalltownpod and on Substack at allisonpage.substack.com. This episode is dedicated to the loving memory of my grandparents who've passed, Wally, Marilyn, and Martin Jr. My other grandmother is very much still with us. She's actually on her way to your house right now and she's bringing a quilt. And by a quilt, I mean five. And by five quilts, I mean six. And if you don't evict your own children out of that house to make room for the quilts she's about to give you, they will be somehow woven into the quilts. I understand that quilts may or may not actually be woven. I don't know how quilts are made. The point is your child will be quilted into the quilt if you don't make room for those quilts, okay? This Small Town is written, produced, and narrated by me, Allison Page. Theme song by Al Kong. Additional narration by Peter Townley. This Small Town logo also by Peter Townley. Special thanks to some folks who supported the Indiegogo campaign for This Small Town that helped me get this thing started, including Isabel T., James G., and Laura D. Extra special thanks to supporters who gave at the majestic ham bun level and for whom I've written short bios as if they were born and raised in Thief River Falls. And for any supporters who were actually born and raised in TRF, I've reimagined your life anyway. So I'll regale you with two of those tales now. Thank you to supporter Franny M., who, as a teen, campaigned hard for the Lincoln High School mascot to be changed from the Prowler to an accordion, transforming our team to the Lincoln Squeeze Boxes. We're all just really sad that didn't work out. Unfortunately, it was just too hard for anyone to see out of the minuscule eye holes that were cut extra tiny because it was viscerally upsetting for onlookers to be able to see the eyes of the person dressed as Squeezy the Squeeze Box. Thank you to supporter Tracy H., who opened a Lefsa factory in Thief River Falls absolutely riddled with OSHA violations. But in a heartwarming twist, Tracy's Lefsa saved the day when a runaway school bus careening down Highway 59 was stopped in its tracks by a discarded pile of stale Lefsa, saving the lives of 28 children and a bus driver who had fallen asleep after a long night of snatching up pull tabs at the VFW. Okay, until next time, remember... Hi to the folks!